Our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful to you for giving us the privilege to be alive today. We ask, Lord, that you come and consecrate us to your service, that the life you have given to us will be used to your glory and will be used in the way that will bring praise to your name. Therefore, we ask that this morning as we do our devotion, you grant us power. We pray, Lord, that the words we will read will prepare us to walk in the way of holiness. We ask, Father, that as we listen to your words, our hearts shall be lifted up to heaven and receive strength from you to do your will. Also put your words in our mouth that we may speak blessings to all who would listen. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, March 23 Beware of Satan's devices Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 Satan's plans and devices are soliciting us on every hand. We should ever remember that he comes to us in disguise, covering his motives and the character of his temptations. He comes in garments of light, clad apparently in pure angel robes, that we may not discern that it is he. We need to use great caution to closely investigate his devices lest we be deceived. Satan has his evil angels around us, and though they cannot read men's thoughts, they closely watch their words and actions. Satan takes advantage of the weaknesses and defects of character that are thoughts revealed, and presses his temptations where there is the least power of resistance. He makes evil suggestions and inspires worldly thoughts, knowing that he can thus bring the soul into condemnation and bondage. To those who are selfish, worldly, avaricious, proud, fault-finding, or given to detraction, to all who are cherishing errors and defects of character. Satan presents the indulgence of self and leads the soul off upon a track that the Bible condemns. For every class of temptations, there is a remedy. We are not left to ourselves to fight the battle against self and our sinful natures in our own finite strength. Jesus is a mighty helper, a never-failing support. None need fail or become discouraged when such ample provision has been made for us. The mind must be restrained and not allowed to wander. It should be trained to dwell upon the scriptures and upon noble elevating themes. Portions of scripture 
even whole chapters may be committed to memory to be repeated when Satan comes in with his temptations. The 58th chapter of Isaiah is a profitable one for this purpose. Wall the soul in with the restrictions and instructions given by inspiration of the Spirit of God. When Satan would lead the mind to dwell upon earthly and sensual things, he is most effectually resisted with, it is written. Amen. The title of our devotion is Beware of Satan's Devices. As we were going through the reading in the first paragraph, it just seemed to me as though it was describing his devices as we have them today. The Android devices, iOS and all the likes. It says, Satan's plans and devices are soliciting us on every hand. And to many of us indeed, when we enter into the world of the, of the world wide web, you see his devices indeed soliciting us on every hand. As you click one link on YouTube or even in the internet, you hear, you see all these display ads here and there. Yeah? The device is soliciting you on every hand. You go to another one and then there's this picture here. Even if it's just a common news, political, health news, they are all over the place. And indeed, his devices are soliciting us, telling us, come, come, come and talk to me, come and dwell with me. And it says we should ever remember that he comes to us in disguise, covering his motives and the character of his temptation. In this devotion, we are going to be discussing mostly how to train the mind to overcome Satan's devices. But briefly, I'll look at what these devices are and how Satan works. So here he says he comes to us in disguise. He comes in garments of light, clad apparently in pure angel robes that we may not discern that it is he. We need to use great caution to closely investigate his devices lest we be deceived. In, in the World Wide Web, you know, your, your path is tracked. Whatever you do on the internet, you are tracked. And information is being collected about you. And that is exactly how Satan works. Here we read that Satan and his evil age has his evil angels around us. And though they cannot read men's thoughts, they closely watch their words and actions. Satan takes advantage of the weaknesses and defects of character that are thus revealed. And goes on says, and he presses his temptations where there is the least power of resistance. He makes his evil suggestions and inspires worldly thoughts, knowing that he can thus bring the soul into condemnation and bondage. If you go to the world of uh, digital marketing and digital advertising, that is exactly what happens. Every link you click on the internet, whether it is on YouTube or on the, just the search engine or the websites you go to, this information is collected and that's how Satan works. He collects information about us and through this information, he knows our interests. This is called metadata and all this data is kept. And in the, in the world wide, you, you've realized that whenever you, even if you say something, somehow they, it seems they even hear what you say. And then when you go to YouTube, guess what? What you said, that thing you said, you see a suggestion about it, even on the internet. And when you make a search, 
the information is collected and there's what we call a retargeting campaign. That's exactly what Satan does. He notices, oh, he came to this website. Now I know his weakness. I will retarget him. And then, just as it happens on the internet, there's this retargeting campaign as the data is collected about you. They retarget you to bring you back to where you went to before. Oh, he came to this website. He clicked on this page. I will retarget him. He wanted this thing. Then you start to see the ads. The next time you go on Facebook, the ad comes to you. The next time you go on any other site that has nothing to do with that particular place. But because you went there before, those suggestions will keep coming. Maybe you browse about school. And then you keep on seeing scholarship, scholarship. You click on the YouTube video, the next thing, scholarship. You go to Facebook, scholarship. You go to uh, any, even it may be a religious website. And then this display ad comes, scholarship. Because you went there before. But when you go to any place that is wrong, just as it happens in the internet, it happens in real life. Satan takes notes. And then he keeps bringing back the suggestion because he saw that you were weak in that area. And that is why we must play Satan's game along with him. Since we understand that he does not know everything about us, he cannot read our thoughts, would it not be a betrayal of our own selves to let him know what is on our minds? I will read something now from Mind, Character and Personality. Reading page 494, paragraph 2, it says, When we talk discouragement and gloom, Satan listens with fear and joy, for it pleases him to know that he has brought you into his bondage. Satan cannot read our thoughts, but he can see our actions, hear our words, and from his long knowledge of the human family, he can shape his temptations to take advantage of our weak points of character. And how often do we let him into the secret of how he may obtain the victory over us? Oh, that we might control our words and actions. How strong we would become if our words were of such an order that we would not be ashamed to meet the record of them in the day of judgment. How different will they appear in the day of God from what they seem when we utter them. So you see that Satan has a long history, long data that he has kept about man based on the experiments that he has done on how he tempted David on how he tempted Samson. In all these temptations and the fall of man, he takes record and knows the weaknesses of humanity, and that's in the general note. And then when he does specific things to us, he takes note and just knows the weakness that is peculiar to each individual. So when he is bringing suggestions to our mind, or on the internet, wherever we are, our clicking is what we call user behavior. In digital marketing it's user behavior it shows oh this is what he does when he goes to the internet and satan takes note of that or even in your life he brings suggestions to the mind like we talked about two days ago in one of our devotions how these suggestions can come through your friends through your family or it can just come to the mind without any human being saying it to you or it can come through what you are seeing around you all of these are suggestions and if they are evil then they are from satan and when the way we react to these suggestions, Satan, Satan takes note of takes note of it. He doesn't just do any campaign that is going to end in loss. He takes note of his campaign when it comes to us, and is intelligent. He he doesn't strike in the wrong place. He strikes at our weak points. So when he comes with the ones in our mind, 
he doesn't know whether we are falling for it or not. He will know by our words. When people give us display ads on the internet, they don't know whether we like what they are giving to us or not until we click. If we click on the link, then the information is collected. Oh, that means they are interested in this particular ad. So it is with Satan. Every ad is a suggestion. So he brings his advertisements to our head in forms of pictures in our minds on his own, in form of people talking to us. And when we respond positively to it, he takes note. Oh, so he's interested. She's interested. Now I know where to come against him or her. We are not to be ignorant of the way he walks. This is Satan's device. This is how he works. We are not just talking about the temptations themselves, but we are talking about how he works, his system, his intelligence. And we, since we know this, are to walk against him. Do not utter the temptations that come to your mind and say out that you are falling for them or give actions to show that it is having an effect on you or it is working on you because when you do that all oh, the angels the evil angels know now oh it is working we'll keep working okay we'll keep retargeting him on this point since we know it is his weak point we'll do a retargeting campaign on him anywhere he goes we'll suggest the evil to him through his friends through his family members we'll take him to directions where it will always be this particular temptation that will come to him since we know he is weak we'll bring the kind of young men young ladies men and women that will talk to him about this particular thing since we see that this is his weakness but we can go along with him he is taking advantage of the science of the human mind and that's why we read in the book ministry of healing the same chapter i talked about yesterday chapter 38 where i stopped early that time chapter reading page 453 it says there is a science of christianity to be mastered a science much deeper broader higher than any human science as the heavens are higher than the earth now what is this science about the mind is to be disciplined educated trained for we are to do service for god in ways that are not in harmony with inborn inclination hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil must be overcome i'll stop here and i'll read i'll continue reading later now what is this science to be mastered if we must overcome satan's devices it is the science of the mind which i'm going to talk about now the science of the mind in the devotion for today in the last uh, paragraph that's page 88 paragraph 5 our high calling it says the mind must be restrained and not allowed to wander it should be trained to dwell upon the scriptures and upon noble elevating themes before that we read for every class of temptation there is a remedy now we are reading in ministry of healing page 453 paragraph 4 that there is a science that we have to master if we must overcome if we must get the victory over satan and his devices we must understand the science of the mind the mind is to be disciplined educated trained because we are to do work for god in ways that are not in harmony with our natural tendencies with inborn inclination both hereditary and cultivated often the education i'll, I'll continue to reading now it says Often the education and training of a lifetime must be discarded that one may become a learner in the school of Christ. Our hearts must be educated to become steadfast in God. We are to form habits. This is it now. We are to form habits of thought that will enable us to resist temptation. You see, we have already formed 
bad habits personally i have bad habits almost everybody has bad habits and these habits are neurons neuro- neurotic pathways in our head they are already there and almost like you cannot just wipe it out like that it doesn't it doesn't happen in a moment like we saw yesterday it, it, it the work of sanctification is not a work of a moment or a day or a year but it is the work of a lifetime we have been forming habits and to overcome these habits it will take us to form new habits we cannot just break old habits like that we must replace them with new habits and that's why we say here ministry of healing 453 paragraph 4 that we are to form habits of thought that will enable us to really resist temptation i continue to reading we must learn to look upward the principles of god of the word of god principles that are as high as heaven and that compass eternity we are to understand in their bearing upon our daily life every act every word every thought is to be brought in accord with these principles all must be brought into harmony with and subject to christ the precious graces of the holy spirit are not developed in a moment courage fortitude meekness faith unwavering trust in god's power to save are acquired by the experience of years by a life of holy endeavor and firm adherence to the right the children of god are to seal their destiny so it is not something of a moment by a lifetime of holy endeavor we are to seal our destiny so what is the laws of the mind since we are talking of science no science deals with laws when we talk of science we have we go from experiments to we make observations inferences and then we then make hypotheses and say okay since i've observed this then i'll i make a hypothesis and you test your hypothesis till it becomes a theory and finally a law now the laws of the mind are already established and if we take advantage of these laws we will get the victory over satan's devices i realized in my own experience for example there's one of these laws which i will start with that it's indeed true if you follow this law you can play with your mind let me not say play with it or walk with your mind to get the victory now read from the book child guidance page 283 and 284 you can find it in mind character and personality volume 2 page 419 here is one of the laws the science that we are to learn the law of the mind if we must overcome satan's devices i read it says it is an important law of the mind one which should not be overlooked that when a desired object is so firmly denied as to remove all hope the mind will soon cease to long for it and will be occupied in other pursuits but as long as there is any hope of gaining the desired object an effort will be made to obtain it (laughs) and that is true about your mind and my mind i find that as far as this particular thing there is still a hope of getting it my mind will still keep going in that direction it will still keep trick taking me in that area but when i kill all hope of getting that particular thing maybe you lock the app and you know how you you do you, you lock the app and throw away the key or anyhow it is in your own experience i don't know what your own problem may be but when you kill all hope of getting that thing you find out that your mind will stop trying to get it in child training it's important to do that when a child is looking for something and clamoring for that thing 
when you firmly deny the child that particular thing to the point that they realize that there is no hope again you'll find out that the child will stop asking and will, will occupy himself with other pursuits this is a law of our mind that we should take advantage of that when we kill all hope of the mind getting a particular thing the mind will cease to clamor for that thing and will occupy itself with other pursuits if we must overcome satan's devices we must follow jesus's law where he says we should kill all hope jesus put it in this way if your eye causes you to sin gorge it out if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off that is what he means we kill the hope of getting that thing and when you kill the hope you'll find out that you stop looking for it that is the law of the mind another law of the mind which we must master the science of the human mind is that by beholding we become changed we find that in the book of second corinthians chapter 3 i believe verse 18 where it says that we all with open face are beholding us in a glass the glory of the lord are changed to the same image from glory to glory meaning that when we behold the lord when we behold good things our mind will begin to become like what we are looking at and that is why satan wants to display to us all these ads and bring all around us evil things because whatever our mind's mind's eye is dwelling upon that is what will be transformed into and that's why we are told god continually says in his word behold me behold me He says, look unto me and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth. Look at me. Look unto Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, and he gave that example, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. When the serpent was lifted up, that's what he gave the example of. The serpent was lifted up, and anybody who looked unto that serpent was saved. By beholding, we become changed. It is a law of the mind. I'm reading now from the book, Mind, Character, and Personality page 418 paragraph 4 it is a law both of the intellectual and the spiritual nature that by beholding we become changed but the change is not instant i'll continue the reading it says the mind gradually adapts itself to the subjects upon which it is allowed to dwell it becomes assimilated to that which it is accustomed to love and reverence for how long then how long should i behold christ to be changed forever although scientifically we read that it takes about 284 days and sometimes they say 16 uh, uh, 21 days but it's not of course it cannot be exact for everybody it varies it takes some days for us to break old habits and form new ones it takes days so that's why we read even here that it is gradual that the mind gradually adapts itself to that which it becomes assimilated to or which it dwells upon I'll read another one here mind character and personality page 417 paragraph 5 it says it is the law of the mind that it will narrow or expand to the dimensions of the things with which it becomes familiar so whatever you dwell upon for long that you are is getting familiar to you your mind will become will expand that it is to dwell on that thing and develop on that thing this is not about being changed now per se but that the mind will begin to develop its thoughts more and more in a particular direction if you take it in that direction it will continue to dwell in that direction i'll read another law of the mind here in mind character and personality volume 2 page 419 a very important one that we should take advantage of take advantage of this law now 
it is a law of nature that our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we give them utterance. While words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. If we would give more expression to our feet, rejoice more in the blessings that we know we have, the great mercy and love of God, we should have more faith and greater joy. No tongue can express, no finite mind can conceive the blessing that results from appreciating the goodness and love of God. So uh, our expression strengthens our thoughts and feelings. No matter how discouraged or bad we feel, if we keep speaking good things and hearing it, because whatever we speak, our ears hear it. It's not just others who are hearing it. If we keep speaking encouragement, keep talking about the love of God, keep talking about His goodness, your mind will keep listening to that and you find out that it will help in transforming or changing your mind. Because like it reads here, it says, while words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. So whatever you speak, you are going to think of it. It's not just what you speak you are thinking of, but also it reacts back on the mind. If the mind is thinking of something, remember that we have read before, if it is not good, don't utter it. If you utter it, it's going to work on your mind again and bring you down. But when you speak good things, it will work on the mind and the mind will keep thinking of those good things. There are other laws that I may read, but I will stop here and I want us to ask ourselves now, how long do you dwell on the word of God? How often do you read or memorize scripture? How often do you meditate on it and bring it back to memory so that in the time of temptation you can bring back it is written against the devil's temptations? Have we taken advantage of the law of the mind? Do you kill all hope so that the mind stops going in that direction? If we will dwell more on the word of God and on elevating spiritual themes, it is certain, it is when you say a law, a law is certain. It is certain that the mind will start to go in that direction. New habits will be formed. Old habits will be broken. No matter how strong they are, these old habits will be broken because now the mind is going in a different direction. So, you can study more on these things that I have said and develop on them so that we can overcome Satan's devices. Firstly, like I said, the mind whatever you are beholding when we say beholding what are you engaging in what actions are you engaging in what are you listening to what are you reading what are you seeing what are you meditating upon in your mind that is what it means to behold by beholding you will become changed if you behold evil things you become you change into evil things if you behold good things you'll be you'll be changed into good things and then the other one says, even not just will you be changed, it will expand into the dimensions of, of what you give your mind to feed upon. It will narrow or expand. It will focus or expand towards the things that you give your mind to feed upon. And then kill the hope. When the hope is killed, the mind will st- to stop trying to get the things that it hopes for. I pray that God will give us the grace that as Satan is taking advantage of the human mind to bring us down, that we also will take advantage of the laws of the human mind to bring ourselves into harmony with the word of God. Do you have habits that you are struggling with? You are not alone. There are many like that. We are humans. But God has made enough provision, and that's why we read it in the devotion, that there is no sin that does not have a remedy. 
God has brought a remedy in Christ Jesus. And if we would follow him and submit to his purifying process, we can get the victory. May that be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. The text says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. In other words, we know his devices. We are not ignorant. When you're ignorant of something, it takes you on a ways. Then it says, Satan is on our track. Friends, Satan is spying on us. Hebrew 11 verse 7 say by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the, the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith then Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19 you understand that God warned him and he moved he made provisions for the plans that he was warned about so god is warning us now and he's enlightening us of the dangers ahead isaiah 8 19 he said and when they shall say unto you seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter should not the people seek unto their god for the living to the dead you understand that here it says wizards that peep, peeping wizards. One of Satan's artful masterpiece devices is immortality of the soul, the state of the dead. A lot of people are confused. What happens when somebody dies? And through Satan's spokesmen, the movies, the movie stars, the, the films have been they portray the dead as walking with white and they are in white roaming and we get scared to come out at night because we believe the dead are moving around and through some pastors and some priests just like he spoke through Peter they say our loved ones are in heaven we need no word they are in heaven so but if the person that dies is a wicked politician then they are now burning in hell and so much confusion as to what happens when somebody dies the state of the dead but the, the bible clearly states that the dead know nothing if men had been willing to receive the truth so plainly stated in the scriptures concerning the nature of man and the state of the dead they will see in the claims and manifestations of spiritualism the walking of Satan with power and signs and lying wonders. Many will be confronted by the spirits of devils personating beloved relatives or friends and declaring the most dangerous heresies. These visitants will appeal to our tenderest sympathies and will work miracles to sustain their pretensions we must be prepared to withstand them with the Bible truth that the dead know not anything and that they who trust in these messages that are thoughts appear from the spirit of devils will be doomed. 
A woman who had familiar spirit was living in concealment in Endo. You understand the story between Saul and the witch at Endo. She had entered into covenant with Satan to fulfill his purposes. And in return, the prince of evil revealed secrets to her. Disguising himself, Saul went by night with two attendants to seek the sorceress. Oh, pitiful sight, the king of Israel led captive by Satan. Trust in God and obedience to his will were the only conditions upon which Saul could be king of Israel. Had he complied with these conditions, the kingdom would have been secure. God would have been his guide, the omnipotent his shield. Although his rebellion and obstinacy had well nigh silenced the divine voice in the soul, there was still opportunity for repentance. But when in his peril he turned to Satan, he caught the last tie that bound him to his maker. He placed himself fully under the control of the demoniac power which for years had brought him to the verge of destruction. I just read from Eternity Pass, page 491. Then Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. And when she said, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? He answered, Samuel. After practicing her incantation, she said, I saw God ascending out of the earth, and an old man coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stopped with his face to the ground, and bowed himself. It was not God's prophet that came forth. Samuel was not present in that haunt of evil spirit. Satan could as easily assume the form of Samuel as he could assume that of an angel of light when he tempted Christ in the wilderness. The message to Saul from the pretended prophet was, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? Saul answered, I am so distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answered me no more, neither by prophets nor dreams, therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. When Samuel was living, Saul had despised his counsel, but now in order to communicate with heaven's ambassador, he had recourse to the messenger of hell. Saul had placed himself fully in the power of Satan, and now he whose only delight is misery and destruction made the most of his advantage to ruin the unhappy king. In answer came the terrible message, professedly from the lips of Samuel, The Lord is departed from thee, and is become thy enemy. The Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thy hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David, because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek. 
Therefore had the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. What is seen? In the wild cave of the sorceress, in the presence of Satan's messenger, he who had been anointed of God as king over Israel sat down to eat in preparation for the day's deadly strife. By consulting that spirit of darkness, Saul had destroyed himself. Oppressed by the horror of despair, it would be impossible to inspire his army with courage. He could not lead the minds of Israel to look to God as their helper. Thus, the prediction of evil will work its own accomplishment. So you see how Saul met his ruin by consulting wizards, consulting wizards in, in the form of Samuel. He says he wants to, Samuel to speak to him. And it happens today that people want to know where their loved ones are. They want to re- receive messages from them. And so they go to native doctors and go to all kinds of places because they, sometimes they say they, they dreamed and they saw their loved ones saying this or saying that. That's dangerous. And the magicians of hidden times have their counterpart in the spiritualistic mediums, the clairvoyants, and the fortune tellers of today. The mystic voices that spoke at Endor and at Ephesus are still by their lying words misleading the children of men. Could the veil be lifted from before our eyes? We should see evil angels employing all their arts to deceive and to destroy. Wherever an influence is exerted to cause men to forget God, there Satan is exercising his bewitching power. When men yield to his influence, ere they are aware the mind is bewildered and the soul polluted. The apostolic admonition to the Ephesus church should be heeded by the people of God today. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11. It is one of Satan's devices to lead the people to accept the fables of infidelity, for he can thus obscure the law of God. In itself very plain, the emboldened men to rebel against the divine government. His efforts are especially directed against the fourth commandment because it is so clearly revealed in the scripture and it so clearly points to the living God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. There is a constant effort made to explain the work of creation as a result of natural causes. So we see how Satan is trying to attack God's words with confusions. So the last um, reading here also helps us understand how to avert or dodge these deceptions. He said those who will have clear minds to discern Satan's devices must have their physical appetites under the control of reason and conscience. The moral, vigorous action of the higher powers of the mind are essential to the perfection of Christian character, and the strength or the weakness of the mind 
has very much to do with our usefulness in this world and with our final salvation. The ignorance that has prevailed in regard to God's law in our physical nature is deplorable. Intemperance of any kind is a violation of the laws of our being. Imbecility is prevailing to a fearful extent. Sin is made attractive by the covering of light which Satan throws over it, and he is well pleased when he can hold the Christian world in their daily habits under the tyranny of custom, like the hidden, and allow appetite to govern them. If men and women of intelligence have their moral powers benumbed through intemperance of any kind, they are in many of their habits elevated but little above the hidden. Satan is constantly drawing the people from saving light to custom and fashion, irrespective of physical, mental, or moral health. The great enemy knows that it is if appetite and passion predominate the health of body and strength of intellect are sacrificed upon the altar of self-gratification and man is brought to speedy ruin. If enlightened intellect holds the reins, controlling the animal propensities and keeping them in subjection to the moral powers, Satan well knows that his power to overcome with temptation is very small. I just read from Confrontations, page 57 and 58. So it behooves us to become intelligent as to the knowledge of Scripture so that we will know when he is lying to us, we will not fall into the customs and traditions of the world and by God's grace bring our appetites and passions under control. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In conclusion, my brothers and sisters, I am grateful for the lesson that the Lord has taught us today, which consists in understanding the devices of Satan and the law of the mind. I am convinced and I am sure, I am grateful also, that if we follow these laws, the laws of the human mind, Satan will never have the advantage over us. We will not be ignorant of his devices and we will come out conquerors and overcomers through Christ Jesus. I'll repeat them again. Your mind will change by beholding. Based on what you dwell upon, it is as sure that as whatever goes up must come down, it is also sure that if you keep dwelling on spiritual things, your mind will be transformed towards that. If you deny the mind and make sure that the hope for that which it is trying to gain is completely killed, the mind will stop craving for those things. What is your craving? Break it by ensuring that the hope for that craving is completely denied and killed and you will find out that the craving for that thing will disappear. Also, your mind will adapt towards the, or narrow or expand to the dimensions of the things which you make it familiar with. Make yourself familiar with the word of God and your mind will expand and adapt towards it. Also, page 418, Mind, Character and Personality, Volume 2. 
It is the law of the mind that it gradually adapts itself to the subject upon which it is trained to dwell. If occupied with commonplace matters only, it will become dwarfed and enfeebled. If never required to grapple with difficult problems, it will after a time almost lose the power of growth. So, let your mind be trained to dwell upon spiritual things, though they may be difficult. Train the mind. Don't always want people to do things for you. Train the mind to think and it will become more powerful. Also, expression strengthens thoughts and feelings. Speak good things. Hear good things. As you speak, you think. So take advantage of this. Play good songs while you sleep. Play very nice things. Play Bible passages to the whole. Let the Bible just be playing and let your ear be listening to it. The mind will dwell on it. Plug your ears with good songs. Plug your ears with sermons. Plug your ears with the Word of God, the Bible being read. Your mind dwelling upon it will begin to transform to that image. I pray that God will help us as we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our loving Father in heaven, we lift up ourselves to you. We thank you, Lord, for exposing these things to us. Indeed, we get power from these things. I pray that everyone who have listened and all of us who are here, that by your grace you will give us the determination, that you will give us the self-denial, the purpose to take advantage of this knowledge and use it to gain the victory over our habits, over the devices of Satan. Help us, dear Lord, that in this warfare which we are engaged in, that we will fight this battle for the Lord using the signs of the human mind, understanding and walking in harmony with the, the law of God and his purifying process. Do all this for us, O Lord. Help us, Lord, to come out victorious at the end and may we give glory to your name. May this be our experience in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.